0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Today's program was brought to you by 100 Bogart Street, the brand new co-working space in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Learn more at 100bogart.com. to get access to sweet swag and pledge your support to the world's only food radio station. Visit heritageradionetwork.org donate to become a member now.
2: Well, welcome to Japan Needs. I'm your host, Akiko Katayama, food writer and the director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes a deeper understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from a studio at Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every daily in the supermarket, but what is beyond the sushi? We hear dashi ramen in but what exactly are they? Japanese food is so mystery for many people, and I try to demystify it in this program with my cool guests. And my guest today is Jessica Joey, who is the first Miss Sake USA, um, selected in March 2016. So uh, the United States is now the biggest export market for Japanese sake, and the latest data show that U.S. imported 36% of total export Japanese sake in value and 26% of in volume, which means we are drinking expensive sake. Compared to the second place, Hong Kong, which imported 16% in value and 10% in volume, so it is no surprise that now we have mis sake in this country. So, today we will talk about why Jessica became Miss Sake USA, the selection process of Miss Sake, Jessica's unique experience as Miss Sake, and much, much more. But quickly before we start, Japan Needs is available on Heritage Radio Network website as well as on iTunes and Stitcher as podcasts. Please go to iTunes or Stitcher and subscribe to Japan Needs. And please write a review on iTunes or just Stitcher. We really appreciate your feedback. Also, if you have any questions about um, I'm sorry. If you have any um, questions or comments about the show or topics of the show or show guests, please let us know. You can email us at Japanese at Heritage Radio Network.org or com. Now let's start our conversation with Jessica Joye. Hello Jessica Welcome to Japan. Hi, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here today. So uh, I wish I'd listen can see Jessica. She's really like a flower in the studio. Uh, so first of all, uh, what is your background and uh, how are you related to Japan?
3: Um, So, my father is American and my mother is Japanese, so I'm half Japanese, half American. Um, I was born in Japan, but what's interesting is that my father was in the Navy, so I was actually born on American soil, Mm. Um, but I also traveled between California and Japan growing up. Okay, right. So, did you go to Japanese school? Um, actually, I never went to Japanese school. I always went to um, an American international school, so I have n- no formal Japanese training at all. Mm. But you you speak very fluent Japanese. Yes, and I was lucky enough because um, my mother, since I was a child, spoke to me um, in Japanese in the household. And same with my grandparents. So that's where I learned my Japanese.
2: Mm,
3: I'm sure we talk about it, but I'm sure it's very instrumental to learn Japanese sake.
2: I hope so. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, but do you, you see yourself as a Japanese or American?
3: Yes, I would say that my soul is very Japanese, um, but my spirit and personality is very American. <laughs> <laughs> Good combination. Right. So,
2: um, so what, what did you eat when you grew up?
3: Um, as a little girl, I always had a healthy appetite. Um, I was never picky. I always was interested in trying different foods. Um, I think one of the things that really influenced me was um, going to Hakodate as a child because that's where my mother was from. So it's, it's Hokkaido? Yes, Hokkaido. i um, the northern island. And I always had like ikura and um, salmon roll and mm-hmm. um, lots of different kinds of seafoods. So that was. Very driven in my mind since a child. Mm, wow! So you are so lucky. Yeah, it, it was a really great experience. I wish I could go there more often.
2: Mm,
3: well, maybe now
2: because there's so many like breweries. <laughs> yes, too, right? Yes. Okay. So, um, but you know, you were always interested in food. Business? Yes,
3: I I think um, since I was a child, it was driven in my memory, and I remember as a family, we always ate dinner together. It was such an important part of our family to, you know, really enjoy the communication that we had. Um, I'm an only child, so it's very important for us as a family to do that. And even now, I mean, they're far apart, but definitely food and dining and experience is all very much a part of my life.
1: Mm,
2: Great. Okay. And uh, so what was your first experience with Japanese sake?
3: Um, I first discovered sake actually in New York. So... Um, I was part-timing as a bartender at Sobatoto restaurant, which Mm -hmm. is in Midtown East, and um, they told me, well, if this is your first job at a Japanese restaurant, well, you need to know all about the food and the drinks that we serve and i had never tried sake mm. so the first thing they did to me was well you have to try it <laughs> and um i never forgot that experience because the first sake i ever had was nambubijin daiginjo mm, and good start oh yeah i know so premium and it literally the quality was silky smooth aromatic so fragrant and i was like what is this mm. um and i definitely had my sake epiphany then okay yeah the uh, owner of uh, Nambu
2: who just in Akita Prefecture he is Kujisan he's yes. an amazing person and he actually accepts Apprentice from the USA yes,
3: yes. actually um, I'll talk more about it but when I went on my trip for Misake I actually had a chance to stop by their brewery oh, wow. so it was beautiful
2: mm. right that's great so, uh, from that great start, how did you develop your interest in Japanese sake?
3: Um, with my exposure in the hospitality world, I definitely started meeting different distributors, um, brewers when they were in town in New York, and just started attending more events, mm. uh, tasting events, industry events, and just found like a passion for it and wanted to discover more. So. Just start meeting the right people and networking and getting more involved. Mm, but interesting that, you know, you could have gone into, like,
2: wine, for instance. Mm-hmm, but what mm-hmm. is special for you about sake? Um,
3: I think something in a, a part of me touched me because being Japanese-American, I knew nothing about sake. And this is something that's been so many many years you know historically in japan and such a traditional way of making uh, alcohol Mm. um and i wanted to kind of dig a little deeper in that side and find more about the history
2: right okay right so yeah it's interesting that you know this whole thing people call uh, craftsmanship Mm -hmm. it's a japanese sake making it's almost it's scientific now becoming more but it's Depends on Toji's Oh definitely It's
3: it's not something That you know You can read a book And just find All the answers I mean um, It's all about The labor intensive process And the skill That each brewery has That makes it unique To them Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what's So fascinating About sake And I think you know, it's so important to share those stories and a part of that to the American culture.
2: Right. Yeah, as far as I understand, you know, it's, it's interesting that people share the East, mm-hmm. which is shared by the National Institute of Sake. Like right. All those. And then, wise, you can get the same thing mm-hmm. nationally. It's not like, you know, grown in your vineyard. So grapes, right. Right. It's not
3: as territorial as wine is. Right. But
2: because probably it depends on the person's skills mm-hmm. and experience.
3: And maybe it has a little bit to do with the passion and the feeling that goes into the craft of brewing sake. Right,
2: right. Yeah, I think you absorbed that thing. Yes, <laughs> yes, definitely.
3: I hope I can bring that and send that back and be the bridge between Japan and U.S.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, all right. So, the, I heard that you are certified as International Kikisakeshi or sake sommelier. So, uh, for listeners who are not familiar with this, uh, who issues the certification and what is the purpose of the certification?
3: So, I took my accreditation through Sake Service Institute um, and the purpose of um, what they do is basically to train and educate um, trade professionals as well as sake enthusiasts um, to further their knowledge in sake. So it's really a great program, um, regardless of if if you're in hospitality or not. If you have a passion and you're interested and curious, I think it's a great way to build a backbone and just to get the certification.
2: Mm, Right. It's a very unique certification on your resume. Oh, yes,
3: (laughs) it is. It is. Especially um, if you work in a different industry. People Mm. are like, what's... Sake sommeliers exist.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. Actually, when I got my uh, you know wine sommelier certification, mm-hmm. my appreciation uh, for wine really increased like dramatically because
3: mm-hmm. knowing it and it's the
2: history and culture how it's made. Definitely. And
3: people don't realize the vigorous exercise. I mean, I think it's not just about you know learning what's happening in the class, but it's putting yourself out there and trusting your palate and. Mm-hmm you know, trying different restaurants and pairing different sakes to really put yourself to the test. Mm. So did you take the exam here? Uh, the test was actually in Secaucus in New Jersey. Ooh. So it's a little bit of a trip. <laughs> <laughs> Not as
2: much as to, to Japan. No. Right. So the, what kind of questions were covered in the Kikisake exam?
3: Um, so the whole exam covers, like, the history of sake, the ingredients of sake, how sake is made um how to taste sake and how to serve sake as well um through the whole you know hospitality procedure
2: mm, okay so it's overall so knowledge oh yeah it's very well-rounded mm. was it very very hard to pass exam
3: i was very nervous um and you know as you know with senses they change every day you know um depending on the temperature the weather and how your body is so I would say I would like to say I was very confident, but you know the nerves always get to you, right? <laughs> <laughs>
2: right. Okay. So, uh, so for listeners, if you're interested in uh, Kikisake certification, please go to uh, sake school, uh, sake school, sake school of America. Yes. Right. That's one word. Sake yes. School of America. dot com. Okay. So uh, now, so what is uh, Miss Sake USA?
3: So Miss Sake USA is um, a beauty pageant. Um, quote-unquote, organized by um, Miss Sake Association in Japan. Um, But the purpose is not just, you know, to wave your hand and say hello to people. It's basically a representation and a promotional value for sake here in the U.S. Mm.
2: So it's very kind of like ambassador. Yes, yes, right? definitely. Mm. So I went to uh, the website of Japanese uh, website mm-hmm. of Sake, which is uh, independent of Misake USA, mm-hmm. things, right? So the um, it's the they say Japanese sake is a symbol of Japanese mm-hmm. culture. In other words, you have to represent the whole culture of Japan through sake. So
3: it's a huge. Mission. <laughs> it's a huge task, and it, it really is super exciting, and it's an honor to have this title, um, and really been an eye-opening experience. Mm,
2: right, so they, and that website also says, you know, sake taste changes depending on the season, mm-hmm. and the temperature outside the region. And uh, there's so many different names like yuki bae, to toriki It's like of which I didn't know even. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so it's really hard work for for you, right? So like you said, it's far beyond beauty pageant. Oh yes, definitely.
3: <laughs> it's a lot of technical skill. And every time I explain sake to people, they're like did you study chemistry?
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, it's really technical. It is very technical. And being able to speak that in Japanese is a whole nother spectrum. It's very difficult. I'm still learning about it.
2: Mm, right. So, And I think Misaki Japan actually started only in 2014. Yes. And you, you did uh, the first one, 2014. 2000- 16, mm-hmm. right? So it's pretty new, and I think it reflects sake brewers' efforts to combat the decline of sake consumption, I think mm-hmm. due to uh, succession issues or, uh, you know, less consumption of alcohol by younger generation. Mm-hmm. So
3: Yes, it's definitely, um, uh, in Japan, I think, allowed more the younger generation to approach sake easier, um, or just in a more... I guess, fun and unique way because there is that ambassador program. And a lot of women, too, are excited about it and trying um, different ways to pair sake mm. or teach sake classes, too. Right. Well, that's interesting
2: that, you know, the because of the succession issues and uh, more sake breweries started to have female toji mm. sake master. So it's. I think the the whole world is kind kind of changing. Yes,
3: too. more power to the female. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, why did you apply for Miss Sake USA? Um,
3: so this is actually a really interesting story because um, before Miss Sake USA happened, a year prior, I was in Kyoto by chance and at a sake tasting and ran into Miss Sake Japan 2014. Uh, Morita Mai, and I was so fascinated by how beautiful they looked. I mean, they had the furisode, Mm. the long, gorgeous kimonos on, and with the brewer, too. Um, And really engaged in all the customers. And it was really um, fascinating to see. And I was like, wow, that would be amazing in the States. Because imagine, you know, someone walking around in a kimono and explaining sake. Mm. I mean, I think that's visually just as beautiful. Right, I would listen. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, So that was, I saw that. And then my um, connection to Misake USA was... I actually found a um, ad on Facebook, and that was through Tim Sullivan's, mm, who
2: came on the show and talked
3: about. Yeah, things. actually, he was my sake sensei through mm. um, for the Kiki course. So oh, he's yeah. been a great mentor to me as well. Mm. Um, but I saw the post um, on Facebook, and um, what was also funny is that they accepted transgender, of course, you know, mm. which is great. Um, and, I, and my friends were like, "Jess, you have to apply." and I was a little skeptical at first, but I, I didn't want to miss the chance. Mm. Um, so I sent my application in. Right. Great. Okay. So, um, yeah, the,
2: it's, it's amazing that, you know, this whole system of this program itself is uh, just bridging. It's not just sake. It's beyond uh, just bridging. You know beverage
3: culture Yes it's definitely um, beyond Because it's not just learning about sake It's about the Japanese culture mm. And you know spreading Awareness and also I The beauty like, The inspiration behind the beauty of the craft Of sake and also Just being a female and All the Japanese um, Traditional kimono wear Or even um, flower arrangements All that is a part of you know, the Japanese culture. And I think that comes with the package of being Miss Sake USA.
2: Mm, right. Okay. So the
3: what qualifications are required to become Miss Sake USA? Um, so you have to be a U.S. citizen mm. because it's Miss Sake USA. Right. Um, and you can't be married, divorced, or pregnant. So... Um, and also you have to be between the ages of 21 and 29, which was also because I was 27 at the time that I applied. I was like, I only have like another year <laughs> if, this, if I don't apply now. So I was definitely adamant about applying.
2: Mm, and that worked out.
3: Yes. I, so uh, so the, what kind of selection process they have? Um, so through the application, um, you have to send in your headshots. Um, and they had a, basically an essay form of like why you would... Why you think you would fit the part of being Miss Sake USA? And then they had a pageant or a competition, I would say. Mm. Um, And through that, um, they dressed us in kimono, so it was more of like a kimono runway show, Mm. um, a Q and A panel, and also um, a speech on why you think you would be a great ambassador for Miss Sake USA.
2: Mm. Okay, so it sounds like this Miss Universe. And then it happened to be sake, <laughs> kind of classic.
3: Yeah, it is, kind of classic.
2: So, uh, so the, what, what are the criteria of Miss sake Um
3: I would like to say it's an interest in strengthening Japan and U.S. relations, um, an interest in philanthropy, having a global perspective, and an interest in the pursuit of beauty, and obviously a passion for sake.
2: Right, okay. So it's kind of general, but this really hits the point of how you can effectively
3: promote sake. Yes. um, I mean, it's just great, too, because this is a younger generation. And I feel like a lot of times, especially in the world of sake, um, it's a lot of um, family-run businesses. So you get a little bit of the more mature crowd. Mm. Um, And being a female, a young female, especially in the U.S. market, you know, you want to be able to have a word. And to be heard, mm. which I think um, is great because we are in the U.S. and everyone is treated equal. Um, but it, it gives you that leverage, you know, to be say, be able to say, I'm a sake sommelier and I'm a sake USA. Mm. It's definitely a great conversation starter, right,
2: too. Totally. Right. And uh, who, did you see other candidates,
3: many of them? Mm. Um, so... I don't exactly know who applied throughout the competition, but within the finalists, um, there was myself and another woman from L.A. And I think her name was um, Nina, and she's an aspiring actress. Mm. Um, And then the other candidate was Selena. Selena. And she's this incredible, fascinating, like, Instagram model celebrity. So she definitely had a lot of, like, audience presence there, Mm. which was, you know, it it gets the crowd going, right? Right. (laughs) So she uh, kind of uh, promoted the pageant itself. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think that's what made it so exciting because it was definitely an American driven pageant. Um, When I won, I actually went to Kyoto for the Miss Sake 2016 um, competition, and it's very formal and traditional, and mm-hmm. it's beautiful, but um, for mine, it was very differently driven, <laughs> um, but exciting, you know, in that American passionate way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your heart's beating, the music's going, and you're just really excited.
2: That's awesome. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, like uh, a quiet Temple Ritual yes. style of ceremony, that's yes. it's so good, but that's the whole point of having a Miss
3: America. Of course, of course. It has to be, you know, driven specifically for each location.
2: Right, great. All right, so uh, let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, we'll talk about what uh, Jessica has learned through the job as Miss Sake USA. So please stay with us.
1: 100 Bogart Street is finally open and ready for Bushwick. 100 Bogart is a brand-new, state-of-the-art co-working space that provides turnkey workspaces, including open layout desks, meeting spaces, and furnished private offices. Members have access to top-notch amenities such as custom furniture, high-speed internet, spacious kitchenettes with coffee and tea, printers, scanners, and much more. Alongside their professional work environment, 100 Bogart also provides exclusive educational programming for any curious entrepreneur. Heritage Radio Network has made their new office home at 100 Bogart and will host many events there in the future. For more information about their co-working space, visit 100bogart.com and become a member to network, create, and educate.
2: Welcome back. You're listening to Japan Needs Podcast live from a studio in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm your host, Akiko Katema, and my guest today is Jessica Joy, who was selected as the first Miss SA in March 2016. Uh, before we restart our conversation, I have a quick announcement. We are running a summer membership drive right now. And this show is only possible thanks to member donations. And please join us for, to support our unique food radio and podcast programs at Heritage Radio Network. And you can sign up for a one-time donation or become a monthly sustaining member by visiting heritageradio.network.org and click on the Pounding Heart on the homepage. And you can also find membership gifts such as t-shirts and drink koozies. So thank you so much for help. So now, uh, what is the role of Miss Sake?
3: Um, Miss Aspen Sake USA. um, It's basically an ambassador program, and as my goal is to spread awareness um, of Japanese culture and sake, and all the history and everything behind that to the American culture.
2: Mm -hmm. So actually, you you do through events or traveling?
3: Yes. So um, I. Because I'm based mainly here in New York, um, I do a lot of events um, with industry people and non-industry people. Um, When brewers are in town, um, we host pairings or dinner pairings. Um, Any sort of event that involves sake, they always ask me to be there and be a part of it.
2: Mm -hmm. So those events are organized by um, different organizations?
3: Um, Yes. So Miss Sake Association in Japan um, has their... um, agenda in japan and then they always refer to me for events but i also work closely with sake discoveries here mm-hmm. and um, breweries that are represented through them or also um, distributors here in the u.s as well okay. and they always kind of ask me to be a spokesperson or um, an attendee there
2: mm-hmm. so sake discoveries uh that is a P.R. company yes okay yes and uh actually uh the by it's one by Chizuko Nika Helton and Tim Sullivan. Yes, right? that's
3: correct. So they've both been um, uh, really big mentors for me, and really um, influenced me in so many ways. And definitely, I'm so happy and grateful for them um, to like allow me to grow this far.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. So the Chizuko and the team both came on the show, and they're really unique personalities and super expert of sake. Yes, it's That's funny
3: because I, I actually listened to their podcast as well, like, m- when it actually aired. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really cool that I'm here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right, so their protege is yeah. here. Right. Yeah, I think uh, there are, you know, quite a few, now at this point, quite a few uh, sake experts promoting sake mm-hmm. in this country. But uh, team and Chizuko, they're really uh, the kind the, of beginners, pioneers. Oh, yes,
3: they're definitely, like, the foundation, you know. Um, I remember me before Miss Sake and always attending those events and being so fascinated um, by, you know, all the facts and the stories and, you know, just being involved, I think, just totally changes your perspective on the world of sake is that, you know, as for me being an ambassador, I think it's the most important thing is to share those stories and what you learn at the brewery, because those those things aren't shared in a textbook, you know, and you have to really be there to see what happens, and it's kind of like watching Birth of Sake, but being there and sh- like having it three D. You know, mm. being fully invested in it.
2: Right. Interesting recent mission story because I went to recently I went to a party, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the guests brought uh, sake, uh, which was one of the agendas uh, of my show with uh, Masahiro Takeda mm-hmm. in the Fukushima mm-hmm. Prefecture. And uh, I, forget, I forgot the name of the, I have to come up with it. <laughs> um, but, you know, like uh, having that story on my show and I was speaking to right. other guests of the whole party. It's like yeah. 12, 12 of them about the brewery. Because, you know, it's sake is sake. And which mm-hmm. is very, you know, all high quality sake. But you need a story to really understand.
3: Oh, yeah. And people, once you start talking about it, people listen you know Mm -hmm. because they're so intrigued and so curious Mm. um for me just traveling around to the different cities um people want to know what you have to say and share those visions because they're not getting that you know Mm. and they don't really know where to go
2: right yeah i just remember this kimpo from fukushima oh great great yeah fukushima has some really great sake right Okay, so, um, yeah, then uh, what's, you know, you've been visiting those events Mm -hmm. and different cities in the States. So, what have you learned from the experience so far?
3: Um, I mean, each city is uh, very unique um, to the people that live there and make it. But I think just culturally, um, like aside from the East to the West, um, between California and New York, You know, people are definitely driven by trend and food culture, and New York is definitely the Mecca, so we're very lucky to enjoy such a wide spectrum of different restaurants and food and drink, of course, Um, but just seeing the different atmospheres of restaurants and what people are driven to. Um, is completely different from California to Vegas. Even when I went to D.C., just what people are interested in terms of food quality Mm. or food trend in terms of, I feel like the ramen boom is just happening now in certain areas when New York, you know, has definitely been the starting point of it. Mm. And that goes hand in hand with sake and what people are drinking in terms of different categories of sake.
2: Interesting. So really interesting that, I mean, there is a local... Food too, right? Mm-hmm. So of course. Do you think they pair sake with those food as well? Um,
3: well, one of the things that I'm doing now in the New York um, area is pairing like Italian cuisine and Thai cuisine with sake. And I actually just came back from California, and just speaking to people over there, you know, sake hasn't really reached that level yet in terms of oh, pairing it with, you know, pizza at an everyday pizza shop seems a little bit. <laughs> Too radical out there right now, but it, it depends, you know. Um, but we are lucky to have that, and I hope that eventually, you know, all places in the states where maybe not even sake is accessible at the moment, mm. well, you know, hopefully people will be interested to drink it eventually.
2: Right. So just provide opportunities. to try. Exactly. Could be error,
3: but. Exactly. And you, it's all trial and error, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually, at the, the party I mentioned earlier, so I I don't usually drink sake because okay. of, you know, availability mm-hmm. and it's uh, the good one can be super expensive. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, like this specific dish, oh, this is sake. Mm. And sometimes... You Know sometimes you don't drink rose, but the and you find, oh wow, I should have
3: drunk rose throughout sort the of, yeah, because of this dish. So it kind of an uh, experiment, totally. Totally, it's all about experimentation. And you know, for us, or for me at least, it's so easily accessible, mm. but a lot of other maybe restaurants or people, it's not as easily accessible to them because they don't know where to go. I mean, for us in New York, we have so many. Um, even sake shops too so when you go to LA maybe you might only get to go to Mitsuwa you know they might not have the local shops like we can go there here in the city Um, but hopefully it'll get to that level soon
2: Mm. I'm curious so how do you pair uh, Italian what kind of sake
3: Um, For Italian food, well, for pastas uh, or, like, pizza, Mm -hmm. um, I really love, like, a nice Yamaha Mm. with, um, like, a simple marinara sauce and cheese. Um, I also really like heavy, really uh, rich rice, um, sake, like, Jumai style. Mm -hmm. But I think a nice Yamaha would be really good. Mm -hmm. A little bit funky, too, with the cheese.
2: Mm, Okay. So, Yamaha is kind of like, well... Sometimes tend to, people always say good funky yeah oh yes right. yes
3: um, because of the yeast too and how it's um, made
2: mm. right so it's like uh, labor intensive
3: yes very labor intensive and in terms of um, the normal. Are uh, the traditional way of sake brewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar to kimoto, but different. Right.
2: So it's more like uh, the flavor of uh, yeast or some... Uh, yes. You know.
3: And actually, one of my favorite Yamahais um, that I love pairing with pizza is tengumai. Mm. Um, and what's interesting about that is they actually age in bottle for about 18 months. Mm. Um, it's not written on the label, but uh, um, it's just a noted fact. And that also... Um, keeps the flavor and makes it really funky too. Mm.
2: So it's a kind of, it may be different but uh, only is kind of more yeast mm-hmm. flavor yes. infused in it.
3: definitely. And it, I always say um, it has like a nose of a little bit like oakiness, woody. So when someone's like, oh I don't like sake, um because I'm a big whiskey drinker, I'm a big like Barolo or heavy red <laughs> cab. I'm like, you know, you need to try a different spectrum and try Yamahas or more Kimoto style.
2: Mm, interesting. Right. And the Thai food, it tends to be oh, spicy. Oh, yeah, yes, spicy,
3: totally. Mm. Um, you know, that can go both ways. I think when you have something spicy, you really want a nice palate cleanser. Um, so like a simple, maybe Hakkaisan would be great, but if you really want to go funky, I think even trying like a nigori mm. that's very dense and sweet, right. um, can be the counterpart.
2: Mm. Well, you mentioned Hakkaisan because it's from Niigata and in Niigata yes. region, which is, you know, facing Japan Sea and it's a snowy region. So that regional aspect creates lighter. Yes. Nina style.
3: And it's actually um with Niigata I went as Miss Sake USA and they have this big festival called Niigata Sake no Gin. I've been there to it. Yeah oh. it's <laughs> it's insane and it's it's over like 150 brewers because they say Niigata is like the Napa Valley of sake, right? Mm. Um, It's definitely an experience. Everyone should definitely go there once.
2: Right. I think it's two days and $20 or something.
3: Yes, yes. And
2: you can just taste everything.
3: Everything. And, you know, there's so much food, like the local ingredients, which is great. And everyone's just so happy.
2: Mm, Right. And there's an ambulance parked outside just in case. Oh,
3: (laughs) yes. Because, you know, sometimes you see people leaning on the tents and you're a little nervous you know they might have had a little too many sake too much right. sake.
2: but sweetie, really high quality
3: oh yes definitely right. if yeah if you can have the opportunity i would recommend to go
2: right and there's a shinkansen from uh, tokyo and it's so easy, easy.
3: i was there in the morning and i left in the evening
2: mm, okay <clears throat> yeah so um yeah actually niigata um i've been there twice for you know their promotional activities and um, it's impressive they're so proud of their region Mm -hmm. and uh, really represents there's so many regions in Japan but that's one of them they're really you know passionately promoting region as a whole
3: Um, I know for a fact um, that Niigata is just it you know, it prides itself with sake. And it's actually the first prefecture I went to to visit a brewer. So my first ever brewery experience was mm. um and then also Hakkaizan. So I got to see a wide spectrum of a small brewery versus a mass, um, mass meat, mass production brewery. Mm. Um, and definitely Niigata because it. You know, has all the four seasons and clean water streams. You know, the sake is just very crisp and clean and it's so tasteful.
2: Mm, right. Actually, Tim Sullivan, mm-hmm. uh, your, your sensei, mm-hmm. I think he spent a year in hakai yes. right?
3: I think he's still there right
2: now. Right, I think he back in September. And I'm hoping yes. to have him back. Oh, that'd the be show. great
3: to mm. hear his experience. Right. So, okay. And
2: uh, I heard even before Miss Sake USA... Uh, you you are also
3: educator of Japanese sake, right?
2: Yes. So can you tell us about that? Um,
3: so for me, I wanted to st- make sake a little bit more approachable to the younger generation or just to people who are interested but don't have easy access to the sake education programs. Um, so in a relaxed setting, mainly at like wine uh, wine shops or restaurants, I did a basic uh, 101 tasting class and just really lightly touching on all the aspects of brewing, tasting, serving, suggestions, um, and making it fun and unique. And I think that's something that, you know, most of the time it can be very rigid or intimidating. Mm. um, But making it fun and, you know, making it an open discussion was really great for me. And then recently, within the past uh, six months, um, I still do the basic 101, but I kind of took a deep dive into focusing a little bit more on categories and themes like namazake which is unpasteurized sake or like i said yamahai mm. um, because you gain more of a following um and people want to learn uh maybe similar categories side by side because you might be able to have a glass or two at, at a dinner but how often do you get you know a wide selection of namazakes at mm. once right. yeah so it's definitely been interesting and. Hopefully, um, you know, more people are interested in that kind of intermediate, advanced um, levels of sake classes because there's not that many out there that's easily accessible, you know, on a casual basis, m- maybe at a restaurant mm. or at a, a wine shop or a sake shop.
2: Right. Yeah. If you get lucky, you have good sommelier that they can explain to you what exactly mm-hmm. Yamaha is and all the things. But usually they're too busy. Right. or you know, there's only one Yamai. Right, right. You newest. never
3: get a full spectrum or a night, like five or six to taste. And when you can taste them side by side, even with different temperatures, I think that's so fascinating because, you know, that's what makes sake so interesting is that you can share them on a different temperature variable Mm. and pair it with different foods. So that's one of the reasons why I like doing it at restaurants because sometimes we do do pairings and I lecture at the same time.
2: Mm. Okay, I want to attend one of (laughs) those. So, But uh, where do you have those classes?
3: Um, Mainly, um, right now I'm doing it at Sakamai, which is in the Lower East Side. I've done pop-up events at Juban or Bohemian. Um, but I actually have an ongoing um, Sakamai program right now. Mm. Um, and that coincides with my Soul of Sake program.
2: Okay. So, yeah. They're, so, they're two separate things, right? Yes. So, let's start with uh, Soul of Sake.
3: Yes. So, Soul of Sake is, a, is an event that I started to host about two years ago. And my approach with that is basically to pair sake with music. Mm. And for me, um, I was so torn to see how, you know, there are so many misconceptions about sake, you know, about sake bombs and, you know, sake is harsh. So I was like, well, why can't people sit and sip sake? People sit and sip whiskey. People sit and sip wine. But people had this misconception to shoot sake. So... I felt, for me, what was nostalgic Was always soul music Growing mm. up, like Bobby Caldwell Aretha Franklin, Ohio Players um, So I created This concept where I would pair Music with sake And mm. specifically the lyrics And the descriptions of sake Wow Okay, so any example of the path? Um, one of my favorite Ones is when I paired Amabuki, which is from Saga Prefecture, and it's a Namazake as well, and they use a flower yeast. So, this specific one was a strawberry flower yeast, and I paired it with um, Ohio Player. Uh, it's by Ohio Player, or I'm sorry, SOS band called Weekend Girl. Mm-hmm. And one of the taglines for it was sm- um, smooth but never sweet, <laughs> and something that um, basically. You can't pin down. So this sake is really smooth, but it's not sweet. But mm. people have this image that it's sweet because it's strawberry. Um, but it's just really an exciting experience. Um, and it opens a lot of doors for the um, younger generation who maybe hasn't had the chance to try sake. I know with my friends, my friends get really excited for Soul of Sake. And it's usually late night. So I, I've done late night events like after hours or I've also done, um, like, an early happy hour, too.
2: Mm, right. So, but that is very fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And it's really amazing how you pick the right, right line.
3: Yeah, and I think in the beginning, I was a little nervous because it's not as traditional. Um, but it's the whole package, you know, because when you go in, I present them with this, like, LP record and it says soul of sake and it has all the descriptions of the sake and then lyrics so it is really exciting and people love that you know it's about selling the story and the feeling within it
2: Mm. okay so that could be anywhere but right now you're doing it at sakamai
3: yes and um uh consistently every week i have a happy hour there where i do soul of sake
2: Mm. so what day Uh, that's monday Mm. and what time
3: uh six to eight wow Okay, yes. so anyone can go. Yes, it's that's just a walk-in basis, so um, first come, first serve, um, and then hopefully throughout the year I can do more um, events like once a month, which mm-hmm. is a little bit more focus on certain like categories of sake or maybe even music, which I'm thinking about doing soon. Right,
2: amazing. So, so that's a uh, uh, solo sake event at the Sakama is uh, seated.
3: Yes, it's okay. seated. It's right. seated. So you have to
2: get their own time
3: at 6, basically. Yes. Well, hopefully, you know, um, yeah, that'd be great. So they can sit down and fully enjoy the course and um, the menus as well. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, Sakama is a really fun place to yes, discover. Yes, the food is Sakama. amazing. Right. Yeah, Shifu Akiyama-san. I'm hoping to have him on the show, too.
3: Oh, yeah, he's, he's wonderful. And they have a great sake selection. Mm-hmm. So... And they have a great sake Sommelier there as well, so if you have any questions they're great at um, really guiding you through the menu
2: mm, wow so I, I really think you're doing far beyond Miss sake usa
3: yeah it's been <laughs> it's been very exciting, and I have so many ideas in my head with soul of sake and you know Miss sake USA has been a great um foundation for me and opened so many doors and it's been really really exciting and I'm excited to see what happens within the next few years. Mm,
2: Okay well but you have a full-time job at a really great Japanese company uh, in based in New York. Yes
3: yes that's so what's funny is this is a hobby actually Mm. it's not even my full-time so I have a separate nine to five and then I pursue this really just With interest and hobby, my as a hobby and my passion.
2: (laughs) Well, Tim Sabin said the same thing on the show. Oh Oh, yeah,
3: yeah, that's see you have to start. You have to start somewhere, right? (laughs)
2: Right. So he's now fully. uh,
3: Yes, he's fully fully involved in the sake world. Mm. Maybe I'll get there soon. Yeah. Okay. So do you have any plans to? Um, Well, right now um, I'm focusing a lot of my time on soul of sake and working closely with certain brewers when they're in town. Um, but within the next few years, um, I would definitely like to expand more um, throughout the U.S. because right now I, I only have time to focus mainly in the New York market um, and at times travel here and there. But I would love to do more solo sake events at mm. places that are unheard of or, you know, eventually like at lounges or clubs where sake are can be easily accessible.
2: Right. And maybe the independent event too. Yes. Maybe you can organize sake breweries.
3: Yeah, that'd be great. Um, I hope to see some down the line.
2: Right. Well, keep me posted and I can announce on the show too. Oh, that'd
3: be great. Right. So uh,
2: where can we find the... the your information about the events.
3: So, um, I have an Instagram handle. So, um, every time I have an event, I always post on it. Um, anybody can come. Usually, it's you have to pay, obviously. Um, but it's Miss Sake USA. Um, and again, you can also find my weekly schedule for Soul of Sake on the Sakamai website. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on the main screen. So, um, and then... Uh, hopefully um I'll have more of a Facebook page soon, but right now the Instagram is the main. hmm Okay. Wait, can you repeat the handle? It's uh Miss sake USA. Okay. And the sakama is S A K
2: A M A I dot com. And yes. the events of solo, solo sake. Yes. Great. All right. So good luck. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. Um so listeners, uh, if you'd like to know more about uh Miss sake USA we go to uh, her ha the Instagram and also hopefully uh, you, you guys can see uh, Jessica at the Sakamai. I really want to go. Yes, I hope to see you there. <laughs> so, um, and if you have any questions or comments about the show uh, or suggestions for guests or topics of the show, please contact us at needs at org or com. And Japan Eats is live at 3 p.m. on Mondays and always available at dot org, iTunes, and Stitcher podcast. And please go to iTunes or Stitcher and a review. And we really appreciate your feedback. And our engineer today is Vitor Harsh. And thank you for listening. I'll see you next week.